Hello everybody and welcome to an episode of Impactful Conversations. I hope that this finds you well wherever you're listening to this. My name is Tafadzwan Dlovu and thank you for listening to this episode. So on the show, I interview and speak to individuals who are making a difference in their world. Individuals who have a different way of thinking and are forming as leaders in their respective fields. I'd love to hear some of your feedback on the episode, either by writing us a review or giving us a five-star rating in the podcast app that you're listening to right now, or by heading over to our website, which is impactfulconversations.co.za. We also have a YouTube channel where you can go there and search Impactful Conversations, and you'll find us over there as well. We also have a newsletter that we do every month with some of the content from our episodes, along with some interesting pieces that we have come across. Anyway, wherever you're listening to this, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi there, everybody, and welcome to part four of the hashtag critical infrastructure series. Um, this is our final part of the series, and we're finishing off with a bang. Um, I am absolutely thrilled, delighted, honored, and privileged uh, to be joined today by Logan Reddy. Uh, Logan Reddy is a uh, life cycle planning and asset management professional, and it's an absolute you know privilege to have him here um, with the knowledge that no doubt you will get to hear uh, a sneak peek about throughout this episode and throughout this chat. And so I'm absolutely thrilled uh, to have Logan here in the room with us. Um, Logan, good afternoon uh, at the time of recording in South Africa. Um, good afternoon today to you today. How are you doing? I'm good, Tupatula. Thank you. And good day to the listeners as well. Awesome. Logan, it's, it's fantastic to have you um, in the uh, what I call the virtual room um, with us as part of the sort of hashtag critical infrastructure essay series, um, which is powered by Sebenzana. And, and it's absolutely you know, thrilling to, to have you here with us in the room. Logan, we typically start off our episodes by getting to know, you know, the guest or the person in the hot seat and, um, you know, a little bit better. And, you know, this is no different. I actually want to get to know you a little bit better. Um, although I probably do know all of this, but please do let the listeners know, um, in particular, uh, where were you born? Where did you grow up? And yeah, where did you attend university? Oh, thanks, Tafadzwa. So, so pretty much myself, born and raised in Durban. Um, you know, lived there for most of my life, studied there. Um, over time, moved to Whitbank, I think, um, based on the work experience and currently now reside in Pretoria. Mm-hmm. Um, so living in Durban, between areas like Asheville, those that know the area, Greenwood Park, Phoenix, that's where I finished my schooling. Um, then lucky enough to get a, a bursary to study with a utility uh, ESCOM, where I work, and uh, completed my mechanical engineering degree. That was at the University of Devon Westville then. I think it's now incorporated into the University of KwaZulu-Natal, but pretty much attended the Westville campus. Awesome, awesome. That's um, yeah, and it's a, it's a lovely it's a lovely uh, city, Durban, and uh, you know, a lovely weather as well. Um, and I guess it gets a bit too hot in the summer times; it gets a bit too humid. But I think if you're used to it, it's probably not too bad. It's probably not too bad. <laughs> so, yeah. before moving out of Durban, you think it's the best city in the country. Then you then yeah. you get to oh, that's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I want us to dive right into this. Um, I want to talk about asset management. And you, 
you describe uh, this as, and I quote, the superglue. Um, I was so intrigued by that statement, right? So, so tell me a little bit about your view of asset management as uh, the superglue, which is, you know, the thing that can fix everything. I'm quite interested to get your take on that. Yeah, definitely. I think asset management's called a couple of things, and, and we'll get into the superglue issue. Um, you know, to me, depending who you speak to, some of the guys just said uh, it's an accumulation of a lot of good practice, a, a lot of common sense stuff. Mm. Um, so, so, so obviously, to some, that's what it meant. To some, they get more involved. They say something like, you know, you've got to have the right people with the right tools doing the right thing at the right time. Um, mm. That sort of touches on it. But I think the aspect for me of, of the superglue is, you know, organizations have been around for a long time. You know, yeah. the concept of asset management maybe goes back to, depending on who you speak to, the late 80s, early 90s. But, but it's probably linked together with a lot of management system type. So improvement, business improvement. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a strong aspect in asset management that touches on how you integrate the various functions. Now, I think that's actually gone on and expanded into other quality management. System was published. But to me, you know, we always looked at it is how do you bring the various functions together with, with the asset performance, the asset delivery in, in really the center. And I think the whole idea of pulling everyone together, integrating it and aligning it was where the concept sort of sits through where you're sitting and talking of the super glue for the organization. Yeah, absolutely love that. And I think it's such a it's such a such a wonderful analogy. Um because you know super glue it's it just brings everything together and it just you know it, it just sticks and it's it's almost you can sort of see the tangible benefits um quite quickly. But it's also hard I guess to see the benefits um if you sort of arrive and you just see everything together. You don't necessarily see the super glue because it's the stuff that's holding everything together. And so on that note, um, why do you think it's important for us um, to pay attention to how we manage our assets? This might sound like a, a, a sort of obvious question, um, but it, it really is the crux of it is, you know, why do you think it is important for us to actually pay attention to how we manage our assets. So, so the one concept I think that really goes, and and you know they talk a lot when you go through maybe the detail, the context, the, the classical asset management speak. Mm. They talk a lot about what's the value you want to get out. And and I think for a lot of us, you know, the asset management is how do you drive that value. But you know, for me, that that's really about digging into the classical stuff, digging into the theory. You know, if I almost want to put it in a very practical state, I always use, you know, something that maybe aligns with most of us. So I could think as simple as something as simple as going down for that trip. And maybe we use Durban, so you touched on it earlier. But imagine a family planning a trip. They want to go down to the coast as an example. It could be anyway, so it's not specific. But there's an objective, there's a value attached to that. You know, there's things like we want to get there safely, we want to get there um, on time, we want to make sure we're there comfortably. So there's a whole lot of intent you want to achieve, your objective you want to get on that. And I think where 
asset management comes in is how do you sort of align the super glue thing? How do you get everyone pulling together? How do you get everyone driving towards that objective as clearly as possible so you can maximize what you want to do? And I think if you know if you want to unpack that further, that sort of starts setting up. Now it's sort of difficult to relate that maybe back to an organization. But yeah. to me, there's an absolute synergy in that example of, of how do you want to get achieve everything you want to, um, and how do you set yourself up within the context of asset management to do that to achieve it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really sort of powerful take, um, you know, around, you know, aligning everybody to the actual common goal and common objective. Um, so I really, I really, really do love that take. So we started off a little bit fast, um, you know, we, we sort of, you know, dive right into asset management and critical infrastructure, um, but to sort of slow it down a little bit. And I I want to get a sense uh, from you, um, what is a, what's a typical day um, in your life nowadays? And I guess to juxtapose that, you know, how does it sort of look different to a typical day, you know, pre sort of pandemic? Well, yeah, no, I think yeah, lockdowns dominated a lot of what what drives our schedules these days. So, so um, I'm still pretty much, you know, I think one of the things you get different type of people. Some more productive in the morning, some more productive later in the day. I find mm. myself sort of defaulting to the morning. Um, so even with lockdown, um, most times before the sun's up, uh, <laughs> you you want to get into the day. Sometimes yes. not, but, but but typically get into the day. So whether that's having the opportunity to get out, um, walk if we're not on our curfew, um, yes. walk dog, have a little, uh, maybe I still aspire to run, but <laughs> it's somewhere between that two. But you want to get up. I think that really helps um, sort of get your mind around the day, sort of calm things down, focus, and I always enjoy a bit of quiet time in the morning. Um, so typically being a family man, it's you you you've got the normal thing so getting the kids ready with lockdown dropping them off but typically you know if you're in the office uh, and if um, someone else is not picking it up <laughs> you have to do it um, yes. but, but the kids off but typically if i would normally be in the office it's normally in there between seven half past seven in the morning uh, mm-hmm. once again allows you and i think planning a day getting yourself set up for the day is a big part of how i operate um, mm. Maybe it 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 inevitably talks to things like asset management. If I bring it back to that, because um, I think a well-out plan allows you to assist it, um, mm. assist your day. Not a big one for for disruptive. Um, so maybe that's that's not always the positive part. Um, like to set up my day, drive it, plan up front, and I think that lends you to deliver, get through the day with minimal stress. But we live in the real world. So to yes. me, I think even in that, that planning also allows you to deal with some of those unexpected things that come up. Um, yeah. So that's it. That, that's pretty much my normal thing. Um, as I said, days tend to be long these days. So um, I think what I find as well, you, you, you tend to be like most people. I think most people working from home tend to be 10, 12 hours in front of the laptop. So yeah. I think as possible, you try and get that balance. But but that's not always easy. Yes. Uh, you try and fit in most of your other activities. Always try and leave a bit of time for really in the day, sort of reading in the evening, mm-hmm. um, trying to pick up 
you know, what's happening in the environment. I think we've moved away from reading newspapers and that kind of thing. So the, you know, you Google the news page, you pick up yeah. the headline. Um, but that's always necessary before you close out the day to try and catch up, see what's there, and hopefully mm. make sure you're not caught unawares. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think a lot of people can relate um, to that sort of shift in the schedule as well as the shift in the way of working. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you like to do for fun? I'm a bit curious. You know, what are your sort of hobbies? Uh, you know, watching sport, things like that. You know, what are, What are the things that you typically like to do for fun? You know, we can't talk football now for for that. But no, absolute armchair <laughs> supporter for a lot of these. Um, you yeah. Know, I mean, Past the days of running around on a field, uh, but now absolutely. In terms of getting out, getting physical, I think that's important. But um, mm-hmm. watching a bit of Formula One, uh, football, that's definitely. I think there's always the big events when they come along, like athletics, Olympics, um, those type of things. So that's fun. So I think sports inherently entertaining, yeah. competition, etc. Um, got an absolute passion for watching things. Got to do with sort of. DIY, maybe it's the things I can't do. <laughs> so, but but I love all this home improvement and and car improvement kind of thing. So so that's always nice. um, that's entertaining. But but yeah, I think just generally sports, Formula One, watching technology type things. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I can relate to um to the football debate. Yeah, it's a uh, not a great season for me to talk about my club. So the less we talk about it, the better. <laughs> <laughs> We might have something in common there, yes. <laughs> so getting back to, to critical infrastructure and, um, you know, bringing this back home to South Africa, um, you know, in terms of how we manage our critical infrastructure how or how we should manage it differently in South Africa. Um, firstly, I'd like to ask you, um, what do you think are three things that we perhaps need to do uh, differently in this space? So, so to Fatswa, I'll, I'll talk to the three things, but I think for mm-hmm. us, you know, when you talk critical infrastructure, we, we, we've got to recognize that, you know, the capability of us as a community, as a country, as, as people in the environment, the one thing that hasn't been emphasized enough is is how well geared we are. Um, you know, not just to take care of the assets we've got and, and the built environment. So I want to start with the engineering aspect. Mm. Uh, a lot of professional engineers out there. Um, and, and asset management is, is one of those areas now that's moving towards more professionalization. Um, so, you know, being linked to Southern African Asset Management Association, I think there's a there's a big link in terms of not just what EXA and the Engineering Council can play in that role, but but the related voluntary associations. Um, mm. And it's not just asset management we're talking; it's right across. It's the electrical disciplines, it's the mechanical, the civil. Um, asset management is focused on the maintenance and asset management part of it. But I think those all dovetail together to yeah. kind of talk to how we can support and how we should be contributing to that. Mm. So so definitely, you know, if, if I had to pick three things, definitely in the maintenance and the asset management space, I, I would, uh, you know, the first one really touch on is know your assets. Now, the slightly more 
prescriptive part says, you know, whether you've got an asset register, whether you know the condition of your assets, whether you know when you're going to replace it, when you're meant to retire it. Yes. Knowing your assets is a huge part, and I think that's something we haven't spent as much time. Um, as a country post-1994, maybe we, so what, we 26, 27 years, um, when you drive down the road, that road's been there for most mm. of that period. Yeah. Um, but, but, but who's got it on their asset record? Who's making sure the maintenance takes place? Who knows what's a condition? We've had the heavy rains recently, and yes. everyone's talking the potholes, etc. And that's that's all stuff about just knowing the asset in in the first part and mm. having a good deal of that. So knowing the asset is definitely one thing I would, you know, expect that we can make a difference by starting to see it, and it, it runs from the top to the bottom. Yeah. Uh, if if I had to almost then pick another area that we could do that is are your assets fit for purpose? Now, that's, you know, when we start talking, the times have changed, people change. Um, you know, there's demands on the asset. Um, for us, we can look in Gauteng, we're lucky, you know, it's huge infrastructure here. But we've had upgrades to the highways, we've had the ETOLs come in, contentious yes. for other reasons. Yeah. But uh, sure. with the lockdown, maybe even the transition in terms of traffic volumes, traffic moves, um, but but understanding whether those assets are fit for purpose. I use mm. something, you know, just when we're talking roads, maybe it affects all of us. I always observe that, you know, in Gauteng, it's not a high rainfall area. But growing up in Durban, and there was a lot of rain in that area, you always kind of observed and said, yeah, it's very hot, but we never saw as many potholes in the early days. But also yeah. the traffic problems weren't anywhere near. And, and yeah. how design those roads for that, how we design the roads for the traffic volumes we expect, mm -hmm. um, the amount of trucks on the road, um, those type of things. So I think it, it talks to that, but it talks across not just roads, a number of various asset areas, checking whether the assets are fit for purpose is a huge part in, in terms yeah. of what to manage within that. Then if I maybe move on to something that touches on, is it's one thing when you know it, it's one thing when you check whether it's fit for purpose. Yeah. Asset, asset decision making is something where I think we, for me, is the third part I had to pick on. Um, I, I think how we think about the asset, neglecting to make decisions is really, I think, one area where it's not just we carry the neglect of possibly uh, not having made the right decisions at the right time, but also starting to build new assets and, and do that, you know, so that they continue to be but for purpose, not just a discussion. So the yeah. decision is the third one I would, would talk about is what are those decisions that need to be made? And and how do you go about making those decisions, you know, clearly, concisely, timelessly, so that we can maximize, if you talk critical infrastructure, but it goes across most asset industries. Mm. 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 And I absolutely love the way you sort of, you know, I think thought about it and sort of stepped through that at first year round you know, knowing your assets. Um, and, you know, secondly, around, you know, if you know them, are they actually fit for purpose? And then thirdly, the actual decision making that, you know, bears the good outcomes as well as the bad outcomes as well. Um, so I absolutely, you know, love your your take on that. And I think that's something to really, to really ponder and, and you know, let let percolate a bit as well. If I, if I bring it specifically to um, energy, energy assets, um, 
I'm quite curious to sort of get your take around, you know, how we balance um, asset management of existing assets um, with the need as well to sort of build renewable energy assets. How to sort of balance that, you know, that sort of balancing act um, in our in our future, but also I think in our present at the moment as well. No, definitely, it's uh, you know, energy assets. It's obviously close to the day job. Um, mm-hmm. I think a big part of that, and and I want to take us back with that. Renewable energy is is an absolute imperative going forward. You know, it's 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 a climate change, and and you get the lot of various views. Yeah, uh, and it's difficult to say. You know, one is outright, but but fossil technology, fossil deriving, if I can say, the energy mm. we need, electricity from fossil fuels, goes back to you know the industrial revolution. Um, Nuclear has come along, wind technology, PV, and I think the nature of power systems now are also gearing up with other aspects of, of how we manage those assets to, yeah. to deal with this. But but I think the need to go renewable is is almost a no-brainer. Um, yeah. We cannot keep burning the fossil fuels and continue to um, live on a planet that you know this is obviously adversely affecting. Yeah. Um, but so, so the imperatives there, but I think a lot more needs to be done. You know, there's extremely clever people looking at what future power systems look at. I think they've looked at it and, and we gearing up and we starting to do. Um, each residence, each um, business can be its own power producer. Embedded generation is something that's, that's quite well known out there. But how the whole new system looks is why I touch on of saying, look at your assets, are they fit for purpose? Um, not just, you know, we're saying we're moving from potentially fossil-based technologies to renewable technologies in an industry, I think is, is but how do you move that? You can't just change overnight. Yeah. Uh, there's aspects to that. And I think the whole aspect with asset management, it's not just also about the asset. It's not about just making it perform the best it can. It's yeah. about how to perform well based on the needs of everyone it serves, because assets exist not for themselves, but to serve an objective, to serve a value object. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like price to the consumer, you know, what would um, renewables bring that's different as well? And there's a whole lot of detailed aspects that will bring in. So I think for us, you know, balancing that is about how do you transition? How do you continue to provide arguably where we've come from with relatively cheap electricity not so reliable now but obviously there's there's different reasons for that but to yeah. bring in renewables and transition the whole environment so you can continue serving that objective yeah 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 i think that's, that's such an insightful take um you know and and it is a balancing act right that we actually have to sort of take going forward um, to sort of balance the the existing that we have, but also, also you know, suppose what you actually mentioned there is around innovation as well. There's also innovation that's possible in the existing assets, as well as innovation that's possible in building new assets and smart assets as well. So I think that's a sort of really insightful, insightful take. And all of this, right? All of this that we're talking about, um, bringing it to how can how can actually managing our critical infrastructure and and you know the sort of different assets across industry what what can it 
what can it actually unlock for us um, in our economy, specifically in South Africa? And to first of all, I, I, I thought about it a bit and I had to read a bit <laughs> because, yeah. you know, first question and, and not to put you on the spot, but what do you think our critical infrastructure? What, what's that asset base in this country? Um, you know, if you count all the roads, all the hospitals, all the airports, train lines, train stations, ports, power stations, you know, yeah. I, I, I couldn't do enough work, so so I'm not going to try and come up with a number. But what's your take? <laughs> the risk. I mean, I, I mean, look, we we're talking in the order of 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 billions of of dollars. I mean, we're not, we're, okay, billions of dollars, billions of rands. Um, we're not talking small numbers here. We, we're talking, no. we, we're talking. I mean, we just one, just one major critical infrastructure node is billions of rands alone. Um, you know, if we look at sort of different nodes across the country, um, you know, where sort of we have these critical infrastructure in 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 abundance in one zone. That's billions of rands of value, as well as billions of rands of revenue generation. And, you know, you can sort of cascade that down to community impact, employment opportunities and so on. So we are we are talking absolutely massive, incomprehensible value in those assets, if you ask me. Um, and the, some of that you can't measure. Right. I mean, some of that you actually can't measure. You, you have the value, the intrinsic value of the asset, but then you have what I call the cascading value, which is, you know, what it actually enables people to do with their lives and what actually the activities that it actually enables. And that value is immeasurable. Absolutely. No, I, and, and that's an extremely good take. I put you on the spot. And I thought about it coming into this discussion. And the one thing that gave a context, so I don't know the value. I, I don't have that. Mm. Um, and you're right, someone could put it down, but you know, similar to most companies, you can put all your assets on an inventory and add it up. And whether it's replacement value or historic value, you know, they, they could always debate it. Yes. But I picked an article in Engineering News last year, September, and I think the Ministry for Public Works and Infrastructure spoke about how in the country, you know, there's obviously we keep on talking, how do we drive economic growth? How do we uh, get you know, the state-owned institution and, and the government, the country to perform better for that matter. And there was an aspect they touched on and they said, currently we spending about 5.8%, that's the number they used, off our GDP towards the budget for that ministry, public works and infrastructure. And, mm. you know, when you start saying 5.8% of the GDP, so you check a bit more, our GDP is running in the region of about 4 trillion. Yeah. So we're looking at in the region of about 240 billion rand. That's the annual budget to keep that ministry going, you know, with the assets yeah. within their portfolio. Um, and if we assume that is a maintenance budget, obviously there's salaries, etc. That's about maintaining. Um, we'd have to look at what additional investment goes into towards that. And the view in that article went on further to say by 2030, they want to see us spending about 10%. Mm. Not the 5.8%. So they're talking in today's terms about 400 billion rand. Now, when you talk about what do you see the role of asset management playing in that critical infrastructure, if we spending that amount a year, and and when we listen to you know the the, the budget speech, maybe in a few in the next week, 
yeah. um, they, they will start talking and we we'll give our ear to say, what are you talking from critical infrastructure? And, and for us to say, with that amount of money being spent, surely we want control. Yes. So I'll go back. We want to know what are we spending it on? Um, are those assets just chewing up money or are they going to be fit for purpose in terms of what we want to do as a country? Mm-hmm. And then what decisions do we have to make <clears throat> right across them? Um, and I think, you know, that's where for me, without answering it, if we don't have a view of where we're spending the money on the assets, if we don't even know what assets we have and how they're going to support us, then then we, we really at an infant stage of asset management. And I think it's important that, um, you know, maybe in the SONA address, it was how the president touched on and he said professionals need to be running our local governments, local municipalities and stuff. That's an aspect of starting to me, that was a door of saying, we need people to come in and start managing these assets better. Uh, yeah. If it hasn't been done already, and I think all the indication is it can be better, yeah. um, that we need to find a way. And, and that for me, you know, hopefully answers your question of saying, what role can asset management play in terms of that? Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it more than does. I think it, it absolutely, you know, gives, or it was like a macro macro take on it. You know, it really sort of puts the big picture of of what asset management can do, and what it can unlock for us. You know, in our economy in South Africa. And Logan, as as we come to a close, I just want to thank you so much um, for sharing with us um, your knowledge, your insights. Um, I think it was an incredibly um, an incredibly knowledge bearing chat. Um, if there's if if that's a phrase, uh, that's a lot to be used. Um, but I've gained you know an incredible amount of knowledge listening to you both in this episode, but also you know in our discussions before it. And you know I think anybody who's who's listened to this can count themselves you know really privileged to have been in the same virtual room as you, um, you know listening to your take on on these things. And I think we're we're certainly really thankful and grateful, and I am really thankful and grateful that you have come onto the show. As, as part of the you know critical infrastructure essay uh, series and very thankful that you've been a, a part of that and I'm absolutely thrilled that we ended it off with a bang so thank you very much and I hope that you've enjoyed it as well. Dr. Botswell, absolutely I've really enjoyed the engagement I think what you're doing is amazing um, and I think you know as far as possible um, I hope more people support you and you keep doing that. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to be invited, and, and I'm glad I could share. But uh, yeah, I'm not as much an expert. I think I've as much got an opinion. I, I would definitely consider myself a professional, but I'm yeah. glad to share. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Logan. And um, to you as the listener who's listening to this, I want to thank you for uh, supporting Impactful Conversations, for subscribing to the platform, for engaging with us. Um, Really, really appreciate your comments, your feedback, your questions for us. And thank you so much for uh, continuing to do that. And we look forward to having you back again on our next episode as well. So from Logan and myself, Thank you very much. Stay healthy, stay safe, keep washing your hands, and until we meet again, goodbye. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the episode. Hope that you're impacted positively and that you found substance and significance. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a five-star rating. 
You can also check out and subscribe to our episodes in video format on the Impactful Conversations YouTube channel. Do head over to our website, impactfulconversations.co.za, for more details about the show, as well as to give us any feedback of how you found the show, and to send through your questions to our future guests. Thank you to all of you who have listened, subscribed, and given us feedback. It really does mean an incredible deal. But anyway, until the next episode, bye-bye, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands.